Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from RacingNation.com is Eddie Lapine. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? We're doing pretty good. And uh, joining us, of course, we got Jeff Orlowski producing today. Thank you very much. And then Tony DeZino in studio. Wee. Hello, Eddie. It's only been a week. Hi, hi Tony. Uh Hey, uh, you haven't gotten in, thrown out of any uh, <laughs> lately, have you? <laughs> That's right. We never did. Um, for for those wondering, <laughs> we had Tony on remote from Sebring, and actually a mutual friend of our, uh, John Gorsline, great supporter of racing, kind of one of these racing insider types. But apparently, he runs a pretty tight ship there's in his a, suite. Uh, there's a, an unofficial rule that you know what I, I had an encumbered suite visit is what happened basically. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like you're in there, you're expecting to try to find a quiet place to talk at Sebring because Eddie, as you know, it's it's quite loud, and uh, sometimes you're not supposed to talk on the cell phone in quiet places because Hurley Haywood might walk in, and you know that's you know, when the when the king walks in. Well, Tony, uh, you know, if Justin Bell would have been okay, he could have talked on his phone. Uh, <laughs> you, you just you just weren't grandfathered in. I, I would have talked to John and uh, got it all worked out if I would have stayed there. We, we, we can laugh about it. You know, it's all good, guys. It's yeah. all in good fun. It's, li- it's live radio at its finest, as Z-Man and I were, were saying after the fact. But, no, all, all good. So, yeah, no, that's the nice thing about being in the studio is, uh, you know, McGivern hasn't come back in here or anything to say, hey, I need my seat back. So. <laughs> well, that, that's good. And, uh, so what's going on with you guys? Any more trivia questions? Today? No, no, we're done with the trivia, and uh, we'll, we we'll we're both forward. sleep deprived because Melbourne qualifying's on the stupid. Yeah, time it was zone. A, it was a long night, especially <laughs> for Wisconsin fans and basketball fans in general, and then for those of us who also like Formula One. Uh, we had to watch qualifying. Well, qualifying was live after. It's I was live playing catch up. I guess one in the morning. It was hard. To, it was so late. I didn't know if I was watching stuff live or on my off my DVR, but. Uh, Lewis Hamilton got to pole for the first race of the year down in Australia, and uh, it, I I just love I I don't know maybe because it's Australian and it looks nice I I, I think the circuit's kind of neat it's a challenging circuit but uh, I think it's a great way to open up Formula One. No, I think it's I think it's an awesome place. It's it's got so much history and it is a great place to start. Um, as everyone saw, Hamilton got the pole, which wasn't a surprise, but I think the surprise is uh, Ferrari's medal was only two-tenths of a second off. Um, It's looking a little better for them this year. What's nice about it, Eddie, is, you know, for for years we've had the, okay, which Mercedes is going to be on pole question, not is Mercedes going to be on pole question. And I think that was good to see because, you know, I had a lot of people, you know, I I talked to some folks going in, coming out of the Barcelona test, and they said, oh, the Ferrari hype is for real this year. The Ferrari speed's for real. And I'm like, we've seen this song and dance before where they get the headline runs, you know, they they look quicker and then they falter and and either through pace or strategy or what have you, they they don't get there. So it was encouraging to to see them up there as as well as it is because we've never really had a real Lewis Hamilton versus Sebastian Vettel title fight where the guys have had 
close enough equal equipment to where they can actually, you know, trade barbs. It's always been Vettel steals one or Hamilton steals one. It's never, they've never had the same type thing in the same year. Well, you're right, Tony. And I think this year it, with the rules package changes, um, the cars look a lot nicer as we've talked previous on the show. I think that uh, you're going to see some good racing. I, I don't, Finally, after all these years, I think we're going to finally get some competitive and different winners for a change. And I think it's going to be really good. I, I, I thought it was interesting last night watching it. You saw, in, especially in the in final qualifying, Valtteri, Valtteri Bodas was hustling that car around the circuit. I mean, he was hanging it all out. And I think in it was the epitome of sometimes – Slow is faster. Where mm-hmm. Hamilton seemed much seemed to be so much more under control, and he was going faster. But visually, it looked like you know Bodas is going to beat him by half a second. That's the irony. Well, and the thing, you know, I mean, he's really wants to show his value, and he wants to win. You know, and he, I think, you, you just see a little trying too hard. I think, and that's. You know, look at Danny Ricardo at his home Grand Prix. I mean, those are the things that these drivers are going to have to get used to with these cars. The aero package is completely different than last year, and there's going to be a lot of hustling the car. It's more in a driver's seat, I think, than ever. Uh, okay, I guess that's a good segue into our next subject here regarding F1. T-bars and shark fins. <laughs> Opinions, gentlemen. Woof. It's one one word answer. I, I we already saw this with uh, with Haas's uh, T wing. It's a little kind of awkward, not mm-hmm. full wing, but kind of half wing, just for listeners to, to envision what it is over the back. And that thing in practice was flexing like mad to where it almost looked like a movable aero device. It just didn't look stable. And the FIA had actually um, reached out and said, "Hey, you guys need to remove this or, or strengthen it before you can put it back on." And it was off before second practice. Uh, and Eddie, for you, I mean, I, we've seen the shark fins before. We've seen them in sports car racing where they've kind of fully become part of the package. Uh, I don't like the look of it, but I think it's going to be something where once we get used to it, it's not going to be as jarring as it is right now. I think you're right, Tony. I mean, once you get used to it, I mean, when you look at those cars and they're coming at you or on a side, I mean, they completely look different. Uh, I mean, they look like race cars with the, with the wider tires in the front and rear. And they definitely have a totally different uh, uh, appearance than last year. And I think you'll just get used to it. I mean, no, we're not going to get used to it because uh, was it Charlie Whiting who said that they're looking to get get rid of them next year? Oh, and Ross Braun, I think, said that, didn't he? They'd ha- they'd have to get the uh, approval right. of all teams in order to do that. So. Um, but, I mean, that's a problem, right? I mean, if something's bad, they can't make an immediate fix on it. It takes the, the next right. round of regs and what have you for the following year to even make something happen. I mean, I think I think if they even, even came with a compromise where the, the maximum uh, height above the cowling is X mm-hmm. amount, you know, if it went along the contours of the engine cowling, I wouldn't have an issue with that. But just this big squared off, mm-hmm. you know, fin on there – and same thing with 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 uh, IMSA too. I think we saw last week at the twelve hours. I mean, aesthetically, I, I understand why it's great for sponsors, this and that. But 
I mean, a lot of times there's not even sponsors on there. And then the secondary thing is the with the numbers too. I mean, we that's one thing Ross Braun I think was and and we're seeing this new um new leadership of Formula One where they want to become more fan fan friendly and, and fans for years have been saying let's get some numbers on these cars so the the more passive Formula One fan knows who's who. I think you're totally right, Steve. I think that they do need to make it a little more fan-friendly because you can't see any of that. But yeah. the, the ironic part is a couple of years ago, drivers went to permanent numbers for their career, and yet outside of the diehards, I'm not sure how, how that's really resonated. You know, it's like Hamilton's 44, Botas 77, and Nico Rosberg was 6, but yet since they've adopted this, the champion hasn't even taken on the champion's number one anyway. They've stuck with their current, right. with their current numbers. So it, it, it's making it easier to where it's finally something we've got memorized now, but I don't know to the beyond the appeal if the— Sorry, if the if the numbers have gone beyond the the hardcores that already are understanding it to begin and with, somebody took two. Who took number two was uh, uh, Van Dorn, Stoffel Van, Van Dorn. Stoffel's from the uh, Frozen Fruit Empire. Uh, he's from Belgium. Oh, not <laughs> he's, Sto- oh well, Stoffel, not well, Stouffer's. No, okay, a, f- a friend a friend of mine and I actually think that uh, there should be a, a web series called Waffles with Stoffel. He's Belgian, and you know it'd be a great like series. So. I like that. Uh, up and comers, there's there's some new guys. Well, let uh, first of all let's let's talk about Eddie and and I think you were actually down there when it happened with the Pasco word line uh, scratching this this weekend because of what happened in Miami. Yeah, I mean I I was actually sitting and watched the whole thing transpire. And uh, well, explain to the fans who might not be aware what what happened down there and what kind of cars and well whatnot. he was racing one of those slingshots when at the race of champions. What the heck is a slingshot? I don't know. It's like a three-wheel motorcycle. The, uh, what do you call it? The KTM, not the KTM Expo, but something similar to that, I think. Three-wheeler. Well, like the the Can-Am, the three-wheeler. It looks like, uh, it's got a big slick in the back. Um, it's a quirky looking thing. It, it totally is not something, but, you know, I think it was a Polaris. And uh, they did a sponsorship, so they they drove those three-wheel motorcycles in the thing. And I knew right when I saw those and they were practicing with them on Friday, I said, there's going to be something that's going to happen. And uh, it, it, they were just out of control. On and this was, and, and th- this was the race of champions that was held uh, down in Miami at the at which, which ballpark? Uh, Marlins Park, I Marlins. believe. Marlins yeah, Marlins Park. It was held inside there, and and you know he was battling with Philippe Massa, and I, I think he just took his he lost where he was coming off the corner, and bad, and he looked over at Massa, and he clipped the wall in the inside, and it just took off, and it it went, and it flipped onto the concrete wall, and the next, you know. If it would have went any further, it would have been in the dugout at Florida Marlins. And, uh, and uh, so he got in the car this weekend, and he basically, Tony, he said that you know he just wasn't up to it because he hasn't been able because I guess he sustained a neck injury and he just hasn't been able to do his cardio. I guess. Yeah the the official verbiage on that has been 
murky at best. I think Sauber's only come out and said he's had a back injury. Then there's been rumors it was a neck injury. And, and Eddie, you'd probably would be able to tell better which of the two, if not both, it was. As it was, he only had two days in the car of testing at the second test because he missed the first test because he was still recovering. And then he did two the two practice sessions on Friday. And he's like, eh, you know what? I mean, I, my back's fine, but... Uh, do I really have the fitness to do it? Do I want to compromise the team? Do I, you know, if I'm not giving myself, it's actually a very brave decision because think of, think about where Pascal Verlon has been this off season. Like the dude should have been the heir apparent to Nico Rosberg at Mercedes. Yeah. He's the reserve driver there. He doesn't get that deal. Um, his current team, Manorfolds, he loses the Force India opportunity to Esteban Ocon, who beat him in six races last year, whatever it was. And all of a sudden now it's like, okay, I've got I've got a Sauber drive. Hey, at least I'm still an F1, but now I'm a tail ender. And then I get hurt, and now I can't even drive for the Sauber team in the first race. I mean, you've had all these setbacks in a row, and you're going to willingly take yourself out of it. I mean, good on him for his courage, but from a long-term prospect standpoint, and especially considering how close Antonio Giovinazzi was, he was only two-tenths off on the first day ever at this track. That does not bode well for Verline long term. The guys, guys, prospects have taken a major hit as a result of a, a fun event that's uh, kind of left them in really murky waters. Yeah, I, I agree, Tony. Uh, something like that, you know, when that happens, I mean, let's face it, you're under a microscope as it is. The kid's got talent. He's won in everything he's been in, and now you're in this situation and. They, it was very murky what was what actually happened, but from what you see, I mean, his, I don't know if there was damage done to his helmet, but he was awfully close to hitting his head on the concrete wall when the car, when the three-wheel motorcycle flipped over. And uh, I know the passenger got a little hurt too, and they've never really come out or come forward and said what actually was happening and what i did here was it was a neck injury and uh qualifying for the australian grand prix of course we have lewis hamilton on the pole in the mercedes sebastian vettel on the front row in the ferrari valtteri boltas qualified third with uh the second ferrari qualifying fourth oh that and that'll be fun those two kids did each yeah. other so exactly oh, and then, man. you know of course last year with hamilton and his starts you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And then we got Max Verstappen in the Red Bull in in fifth, and then uh, good good qualifying for the American team for Haas Racing. Roman uh, Grosjean qualifying six, and then Massa, who of course was supposed to retire last year, but came back with uh, uh, Boathouse leaving Williams, and then there's no spot for him. So Massa's back uh, with Williams qualified seventh, and then a Toro Rosso team uh, eighth and ninth looking good, and which to it's my favorite looking car mm-hmm. uh, on on the grid, and then Daniel Ricciardo, uh, of course, uh, having his issues in the, in the, in the Red Bull in tenth. Uh, the pink car, Force India opinions. I don't mind it. I don't I, mind it either. I, I, I thought I would. I I think the fact that it's kind of a faded, but not like hot, you know, magenta. Right. I think it's kind of. Uh, and, and Will Buxton, who's our, our NBCSN um, pit reporter, touched on this, and this is a good point. The fact is you got a sponsor in there that was willing enough to say, mm-hmm. we're going to pay enough that you can change your livery, and I don't think people were a fan of the way the Test Force India livery looked anyway. Right. So, you know what? More power to them. It's going to make them stand out. You're not going to get them confused for anything. The problem is just both their helmets are pink now as a result, so that's right. going to make it difficult to, to pinpoint those two. But, no, yeah, I don't mind it. 
Eddie? Money talks. Yep. Money talks. <laughs> it, and it does. I mean, they'll stand out from everybody. And uh, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's cool. And, you know, money does talk. All right, Eddie, you want to hang on for a moment? Or we'll talk so, so quickly on uh, uh, Sebring when we come back. All right. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Unigrove, along with their friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers on the fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers on the web's milwcar.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it's Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Eddie, this is going to be a short segment, but uh, last week, of course, we had the 12 hours of Sebring, and you and Tony were down there. What's the, what, what's the biggest uh, thing that kind of other than obviously the winter and everything, but what what what, what thing kind of sinks in your mind from the weekend last week? Well, I mean, it was as usual. I mean, the weather was the best it's ever been. As long as I've been going down there, it was a great weekend. And, uh, I mean, the Taylor boys win again. And Alex Lynn, you know, first time at Sebring winning. I mean, just, you know, and Corvette getting back to the winner's circle again was – you know, it's a great start to the season. Uh, ready for Long Beach now. I think I think that's a that's a good thing in GT because I think that's the most interesting uh, part of IMSA right now. Because if you can can get a rivalry mm-hmm. between the Ford GT Corvette and Corvette, and Ford is an intense rivalry that's, right now, that's and good that's for a, which is what the the series needs, especially yep. because the marquee class, you know credit to Cadillac for their reliability so far but unfortunately from a show standpoint right. they're not that's not helping because the Cadillacs are dominant the Mazdas and Nissans are not reliable the P2 cars are still fragile and don't have the top end speed that they need you know they're lighter but uh, um, whereas in the GT Lamar class having Corvette versus Ford it gets people stirred up it's really a passionate thing there's a lot of Corvette people that hate Ford and a lot of Ford people that hate Corvette so that's that's good I mean and then you got throw the Ferrari in the portion we touched on BMW's struggles last week and they're they're out to lunch but uh that's what that that needs and and i think that was kind of the, the best takeaway from it otherwise the weather was great but i didn't find it to be the most enjoyable sebring just because it was a long week and it didn't really feel like there was that much uh that, that much action quite honestly well i guess when you get thrown out of somebody's suite i guess you know, <laughs> I, I guess that isn't a remember a great weekend. No, no, no. It's it's not even that, Eddie. It's just, (laughs) it's just a case where I think usually there's a lot more, a lot more passing where I I felt like this year was kind of a little bit more monotonous than in past years. There was, there were definitely fewer yellows. So you got to give a lot of credit to the the competitors for that. But Uh, uh, I I think you're right, Tony. I mean, Michelin, you know, with, with the Michelin uh, shot class, I mean, with the Ford and Chevy battle and Steve's right. Um, and they have, you know, they're all on different tires, compounds, and uh, it's really going to make the season pretty exciting because those combinations aren't going to work every weekend. And as you saw it at Sebring, you know, I mean, the Corvette, when the sun went down, it went faster. Predictions for this weekend. We got NASCAR and Fontana. Eddie, what's your pick? 
I don't want to follow you guys. I'll, I'll say uh, Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush. Are we writing these down? Yep, I got him. You got him. All right, uh, Tony. Uh, again, the Larson pick is uh, it's tempting, but I, I yeah, I'm not going to go that route. I'm going to go Denny Hamlin instead. Denny outside Hamlin. That's out of the front row. Jeff, how about you? I'm going to take Truex. Martin Truex. I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson is. I uh, he's he's got to win. He's sooner or later, right? He's got to win a race. How about the Australian Grand Prix, Eddie? I gotta go with Hamilton. Hamilton, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I, I again, I want to pick Vettel. I just still can't trust Ferrari until they actually like show Jeff? him, beat him straight up. I'll take the field. <laughs> well, okay, all right. I'll, let's do that. That's actually fair. Okay, field, and I will go with field also. Since I took chalk in the last one, I'll go field. I like that. <laughs> For, that, that is a, that is a way to make it happen until we. I mean, Eddie, that's got to be something you're looking forward to the F1 this year, that it is going to be a different, you know, not just a Mercedes runaway, hopefully. No, I, I think you're right, Tony, and I, I really think that it's about time, too. Um, these last eight years, it just, you know, it's one team dominating every year, and I think with these packages and the engineers, I think it's going to be exciting. I think tomorrow's race is going to be really exciting. Yeah, and I think with Red Bull, you know, see see what they can pull through with the, uh, you know, with the arrow packages that they have coming in, and hopefully we'll, you know, it, you know, I mean the the scary thing is, Bodas is going to be pushing Hamilton, and if if that just makes Hamilton push that much more, I mean, it could be a reverse effect. It could, who knows? But that 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 that's the scary part of it is Bodas. Botas pushing Hamilton. Eddie, thank you very much. We appreciate it. And make sure to check out his stuff along with Jack Webster and his great photography at RacingNation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.